The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. If you're listening to the podcast, it's Thursday, October 6th. If you're watching live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Big Six. It's Wednesday, October 5th, which means it's a pretty great football show. I don't know why I'm giggling. Well, we're laughing because of how we walked right into the show. But, Will, we got to talk about the history that was made this week. Aaron Judge, I mean, 62 home runs, just amazing. And anytime, anytime, Brady, you can take um, several weeks to to celebrate and soak in a man becoming, uh, tying the seventh most home runs in a single season in MLB history, you you really have to do it. (laughs) Did you notice the MLBs kind of pivot just to avoid all the flack for like trying to talk about what no one can unsee, which was Barry Bonds jacking up what? Was it 73, 73 home runs? I mean, I, I will never forget that. I remember watching that season. I remember watching the McGuire, Sosa eras. And I understand, like, we're going to go back, talk about PEDs. Okay. The reality is you can't unsee that. And and that's the record in my mind. So, look, it's an AL record. That's great. I feel like the ML, uh, MLB has even pivoted to that take. But I, I know it's, it's a hot-button topic for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people are like, well, he's clean. Is he? Like – Five years from now, like if we find something out, like how are you going to look back on this? And beyond that, for a sport that like we're going to condemn players for, you know, taking PEDs, which obviously like that's kind of on the league to police that because it was rampant at that point in time. Everyone's doing it. Even the guys throwing to them. Now it's like, well, they they manufacture the baseballs like they can control whether or not those baseballs have a little extra pop off the bats and they want to increase some of those numbers. So like. Where do we draw the line with MLB? I know it's a football podcast, but it is recent, you know, history. No, I mean, like, I agree completely. And remember, so in 1990s, I, I was a huge baseball fan growing up. Huge baseball fan. Um, like, that was that was just my dad. And How I could you not be back then? I right. mean, but like, so 94 was a strike shortened, strike shortened, strike shortened season. Albert Bell was on his way. Yeah, but when when that happened, baseball lost so many fans because they're like, what do you mean you could just you're just gonna or you're just going to not play baseball. Okay, whatever. Like, we're not in for this. And so that's why MLB, in my opinion, when Sosa and McGuire started blasting the you know, bonds, and the, oh, these guys are just cranking home runs, and, like, there's interest back in baseball. It's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It's all anyone's talking about on the talk shows, like, you know, the, 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 the nascent uh, talk shows, nascent sports talk shows. It's like the home run chase, the battle. And it's like, like you guys were complicit. Baseball was a hundred percent complicit in like they, they knew what they were doing. These dudes had giant heads. There's a bottle of like Andro right behind him as he's doing an interview at his locker. You're like, what are those? Are all horse pills? Don't worry about that. Yeah, home run I hit, or like Mark McGuire, his forearms were so big, people stopped even looking at his face or what was at his locker. I mean, that that bat looked like a toothpick in his hands when he was up there. I mean, it was look, it was fun. Like that was when I, when I was growing up. I was like, man. 
I, I, I wanted to have a swing just like Sammy Sosa's. Like I remember like trying to like emulate what he was doing to kind of like time up, like adjust to off speed, but like absolutely demolish any fastball that came over the plate. But, but do you remember like what, I mean, people forget like Barry Bonds in 92, right? Sid Bream, one of my favorite memories of all time. Sid Bream, National League, National League Championship Series. Yes. Yes. Sid Bream beats out Barry Bonds' arm. If you go back and watch like Barry Bonds in 92, that dude was skinny. Mark McGuire was skinny. You know, not to defend him, but, you know, maybe he didn't wasn't on a training regiment. You know, maybe he oh. found Bob Baffert and Bob Baffert, you know, allowed him to. That's what I think he needed. I think all these guys needed like a Bob Baffert to come out and create this really crazy way in which they could possibly test positive for PEDs. Or maybe it's like, it's like, like when uh, Davis Sweeney's like, ah, do we do we talk about Davis Sweeney before? Previously. Yeah, of course. But how he's like, he's like, when all his boy, when all, all his dudes tested positive for like Androstein or something like that, or like some like very legal Chinese supplement. He's like, I mean, I, 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 Jesus could have given it to him, could have been that coke. Who knows how it happened? It's like, right. Could have been from Payway. We don't know. <laughs> Bob Baffert's been like, you know, sometimes, like, sir, do you, do you see how big Barry Bond's head has gotten? I, I train horses too. Their heads look pretty big to me. I, I don't know. It looks small in comparison, you know, like, like, I, but, but you're right. Like it could, and let's not forget that Babe Ruth. Cool. And I'll say this, like you're greenies, man. Do you ever notice how like your ears, your nose, everything else starts to get bigger as you get older? Like I just, like I look at Prisco and like every time I walk into the studio every week, as older he gets, which happy birthday, Pete Prisco, oh, yeah. for those of you watching on, on Wednesday, October 5th, it's going to be a day late if you're listening on the 6th, but um, you know, his ears and nose keep getting bigger. You know, it's like, it's, it's like he's Pinocchio out there. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's cause he's on all those steroids. Well, he may be on steroids. He actually might be. He is on steroids. Can we kick off today's show? Yes. Me trying to clarify some stuff that's out there. Is this the jet stuff or is this about? It's the jet stuff. So you've been on. Are you you, now? So um, do you want to let me just go and then you can kind of chime in from time to time like you do? Yeah, it sounds fine. Well, okay. So let me ask you this. I was going to set the table. Did I ever say the Jets are going to go 0 and 9? Have I ever said that on the show? Um, I, I don't think so because I went back and listened to it and I, I think you may have said it on your radio show. So even on my radio show, I never said they would go 0 and 9. The discussion was I said they're closer to an 0 and 9 team than a 9 and 0 team and they've got a really difficult schedule the first 9 games. Now, Jets fans who have somehow misconstrued that cuz one of the clips that someone sent me I was like I literally say in the beginning I think they'll win probably 5 games, bet the under for the amount of games they'll win this year. And the reality is, look, they're a two and two football team. Kudos to them. Now we can go through every each one of those wins and go, well, it was fairly improbable that you were going to actually beat the Browns. And maybe that's more of the Browns throwing away a game than the Jets winning the game. But again, road victory, Jets won it. Give them credit. It's the first time in three thousand games that that's that that particular scenario. Two thousand and thirty games, oh, yeah, right. correct? Two thousand like twenty nine games, and the last team to do it was the Browns before then. So anyway, and then this past week. You know, the Steelers have a lead. They give up a lead. Their wide receivers start volleyball setting balls to the secondary with the Jets. I mean, look, it was a good comeback. I thought Zach Wilson played literally his best football, his best quarter in the fourth quarter. That's yeah, the best of his career. Best quarter of his career, career so far. Yeah. Give him a lot of credit. Now, if you just watched the first three quarters, you would have found that shocking, given how the first three quarters looked the way he played. That being said, they get to two and two. So there's this like misconception that I hate the Jets or thought they were going to go winless to the first nine games. That wasn't anything close to what I said. And in fact, on radio, and I think on this, we talked about their schedule. I said this next week's game's winnable. I said the Browns game was winnable, given the Watson probably wouldn't be playing. And I said the Steelers were going to be winnable because I don't think the Steelers are that good this year. So, so far, all those things have come true. Now, the interesting thing is, and I brought this up before, and I, one of the reasons why I said they were closer to an 0-9 team than a 9-0 team is, Tell me how many games the Jets have been favored this year so far. Well, um, zero. Okay, but no, no, let's pause for a second. Well, but now, I, pause for a second. Yeah. Now, this week, they're hosting the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungvalu is not starting. Will, what's the line on that game? The Dolphins are favored by three and a half points. If there was ever a time you would think that they would be favored, wouldn't this be it at home? You're facing a backup quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater on the Dolphins, and you just came off a good road win. You're coming back home now. I mean, look, it, it, people can point at me. It's not me. Clearly, there's an idea out there that people don't believe in the Jets. 
And so Robert Saul and those guys, they can all keep all the receipts they want. And I'm actually picking the Jets. I'll take the three points in the home dog this week. But the reality is, like, I don't hate the Jets. I have a lot of respect for a lot of the guys in that organization. Phil Savage is in that organization. Rex Hogan, Phil who drafted me in Cleveland. Rex, who actually was at Notre Dame when I was there. Robert Sala, who have been around. A lot of respect for him. There's a number of people in that organization. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. For every win over their two wins right now, the rest of the season, I'm going to donate $1,000 to a charity every single week. And here's how we're going to do it. For every five-star review to the Pick 6 podcast, we're going to have people throw in what charity they want that money to go to after a Jets win. You will then at the Pick 6 podcast decide and every single week, every win over the two wins they currently have right now, so three, four, five, however many they end up getting this year, I'll donate 1000 bucks to a charity. So I'm going to take all the hate from the Jets fans and all the crap that they've been talking on social media and all that and just say, hey, look, let's take something you know, that has been a little ugly with how they've, they've you know, responded and let's make it into something good. Wow, look at you. That, that's cool. I like that. Let's uh, make sure, make sure let's clip that, get that on social media. And so what we'll do is when you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and write what charity you want to see. So you can go and leave the five-star review now because it takes a few a little a couple days to populate with a charity that you that you want Brady to donate to. It could be a few weeks before Brady's donating. Uh, I, I think I think of next week. I'll think I'll be I'll be donating a thousand bucks next Wednesday. We'll we'll make that decision. Uh, or at least we'll announce what charity it's going to. But there it is. For all the Jets fans who think I don't believe in them or Zach Wilson, whatever else, there it is. I, I'm donating to charity on behalf of the Jets fan base and the New York Jets' success this season. Now, have, with you having gone ahead and, and, and done the like a philanthropic thing and, and bridged the gap and, and really taken a step forward in, in healing, uh, I'm going to point out that you're actually correct. The Are the Jets at 2-2, two and two, are they closer to 4-0 or 0-4? Yeah, I mean, I think based on the results of the game, you'd say they're closer to 0-4. And right. the wins were, look, on the road, improbable. They found a way to win. I mean, that, that's honestly, I think, when you go back and, and look at any season, you can say there's a few wins that we should have probably not had, and there's maybe a few losses that, you know, should have been wins. Sure. Um, that's, how, that's how it works. Um, I think the more interesting thing is, can they build off this momentum for a young team yeah. that maybe found a little bit of its rhythm or itself offensively in the fourth quarter and build off of that. Like, that's the biggest thing. If you're Robert Sala, you know, you're keeping receipts. You're kind of talking to the media about it because you hear all the frustration. Well, now this is one of those moments where, like, you should come back home and win this game. There's no doubt in my mind. They should be giving the only winnable game you have between now and November 27th. I, I disagree. I think New England's a winnable game. I mean, you might have a third-string quarterback yeah. starting in New England. I'll check throttles them, though. Well, again, I, I need to see it to believe it. So I, I think the Miami game, New England game, it's two thousand bucks right there. You know, thousand bucks to uh, to a couple oh, of yeah. charities. I love it, man. What oh, the charities have to be legitimate, all right? They can't be like someone's uncle that you get buddies to come in and end up donating to, all right? Of course. Um, and uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I was going to offer to match, but uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I I will point out though that like with these with the fans. And this is good. It's good because it means now. Granted, it's a little crazy, but it's good that, that NFL fans are passionate about their teams. Yeah. For instance, on HQ, um, I was asked this preseason, or they were like, "Give us some possible Week One upsets," and I list the Patriots as a possible team, or the Patriots over the Dolphins as a possible upset in Week One. Three point spread, not crazy. No. I said that the Tua hype had been a little out of control, and I also. Granted, I did say that the Dolphins beat writers are a little more enthusiastic about their about their particular team uh, than than some other beat writers. I, I said the same thing about the Jets, and, and I'm, I'm still. It, it got turned into it got turned into I hate the Dolphins. I hate to. Uh, I think the Dolphins are going to stink this year. It's like no. I my employer simply said, "Give us a list of possible week one upsets," and I said the Patriots, Bill Belichick, might upset the Dolphins. Did they? No, of course not. The Dolphins are three and one now, and I'm catching eternal crap for it. Well, and next thing you know, Tony Montana is like coming, trying to find you at your house, all that. He's a Dolphins fan. And he's really upset about you picking the Patriots to upset him. I get it. Right. Scarface 2, just a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Did you like... Oh, look at the Pelican. Huh? That's one of the lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right, did, you, um, <laughs> did you... Did you like Fletch as a kid? Or is it... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't my favorite Chevy Chase movie, but it was pretty good. But you're probably so you're. I mean, you're a little. You know, people can tell. I know I look younger than Brady, but Brady is actually younger than I am. Yeah. Um, Fletch, like I was probably on the tail end of like Fletch was like the 
like it, it was probably for people someone like who's like three or four years older than me it was like their absolute wheelhouse but yeah. we we got the reciprocal or the 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 trickle down effect from like older brothers and older cousins and then you know you probably got into it as like a, a sub chevy chase anyway they, they you know they did a new fletch movie they did yeah right i didn't know you know who's in it no john ham plays plays fletch really yes and i didn't realize john it ham? it's out in theaters right now is he funny yeah, it's pretty funny. I really I bought it on uh, Amazon. I think I think it's actually on Paramount Plus. I, like, is that a bad move if you do a sequel and you're, or not even a sequel, but you do like a reboot and you're trying to follow in Chevy Chase's footsteps? It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's they didn't do it as like because well, first of all, Fletch lives. The actual sequel was a, a pretty disastrous. Everybody regards it. This is called Apologize or is it uh, Confess, comma Fletch. I didn't realize it until he was on the Manning cast on Monday night. And he was like, yeah, I'm in this new, uh, this new Fletch movie. And, and I started Googling it. The, the director is like furious. They're, they're not advertising for it at all. And he's like, Doesn't, can't understand why. They did a really good job with it, though, I thought. It's like not to, they're not trying to be just like the original Fletch. It's like trying to like kind of like, you know, in a similar vein without being a direct copy. Because you know what? I, I rewatched Fletch in the last 24, 48 hours, too. Like, you just can't be as funny as Chevy Chase was. <laughs> no, I mean, Chevy Chase is Chevy Chase. Like, you're, you're the funniest can't. person of all time, probably. Uh, he's up there. He's definitely up there. I mean, Bill Murray's up there for me if you want to go back to some of the old school actors. Sure. Eddie Murphy was a delirious. Was that one of his first stand-ups? Like, I, to the to this day, will go back and watch that. But, I mean, you could go through the... Yeah, anyway. Well, what? Chappelle's up there for me. Just oh, for sure. I mean, the Chappelle show, which could never be done now. I mean, half his stand up now gets canceled. So, can you imagine if they fired up the Chappelle show right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, there was stuff that was like, we were in college. We used to sit around and watch it. Like, like oh, what do you think we did? Everyone's sitting around watching that show or sitting around watching like, you know, best of or other like clips of it. All right. Anyway, football talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a football show. That's right. Uh, I do like how we always like, there's always, um, just by the nature of like this, you know, you being a former football player, like we'll, we'll, we'll talk like dumb stuff for like 25 minutes. And then like, suddenly you'll be like, so that's when the cover three guy shifts down and comes across and like, it, but it, it's good. It's a nice combination. Um, we should note that Jonathan Taylor for the Colts uh, is out this week. The Colts have ruled him out. Uh, whether you're listening or watching, that is important information. It's kind of crazy that. Um, so Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey were the consensus, like one and two picks in fantasy. Yeah. Well, everybody's like, everybody's like, well, Cooper Cup can't repeat the season. Like, Cooper Cup is just the pick. Like, Cooper Cup is just the number one pick. Uh, I mean, like, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's he's battled injuries, I think. And, I, and I've, I've gone through this with you. I mean, we've gone in depth on this ever since he started his relationship with Olivia Kupel. So, that the, you know, there's, there's hardcore evidence. If you track when they started dating, go back to Christian McCaffrey's first season where he started getting banged up. They started dating, I think, like that February, that spring. And ever since then, he's had an injury history. And so, look, people can say what they want about it. I'm just saying. Do you think he's just I, taking too many hits? I just know. I think it's nice. You got something nice to go back home to. It's like makes you rethink everything you're doing out there. <laughs> you think he's like, uh, you know. All these touches and all these runs. I don't know. I want to go back home and hang out for a little bit. Little, yeah, like, uh, man, my, team, my team really stinks for the third year in a row. You know who doesn't stink? Olivia, she no. smells nice. She smells nice. <laughs> yeah, she can take care of him. So yeah, yeah I don't. I, it's, a good, it's a good theory. That's. I mean, it's. I'm telling you, for all it's, the Instagram time, activity goes way up when he's hurt. <laughs> like, go, go out and look. Like when they started dating, all of a sudden the injury bug bit him. I was like, I get it. I I, I know exactly what he's going on to. So, um, Colts are not two and two, so I can't lump them into the two and two question. But uh, bad, huh? Well, what do you um? Jaguars and Titans are both two and two. Where do you what do you think about the AFC South as a whole? Like, I, I think the Jaguars can. I don't. I'm not saying they'll definitely win it. I think they can. I think they can. I think it's still going to be the Titans when it's all said and done. It seems like they're starting to kind of round into form. Um, the Traylon Burks injury stinks. I mean, that was one where you go, all right, like how are they going to be able to overcome this? Um, but bottom line is like Tannehill starting to get into a flow. Derrick Henry starting to look like himself. I think the defense is adjusting. Harold Landry not being there too to help out rushing off the edge. They're just settling into form, but the Jaguars are going to be there. Like Pete and I talked about this every week, and Pete, honestly, look, I give him credit. He was bullish on them for a while now. He's kind of always been bullish on them with the exception of last season because he didn't, you know, didn't like Coach Meyer. But 
Um, he's he's always kind of talked about their talent and and some of the ability they've got. My concern for them moving forward is just will they be able to sustain themselves running the football and protecting Trevor Lawrence? Like I think D- Doug Peterson's done a great job of scheming around that. But once you start getting in the meat of some of these schedules, like that's going to be a problem for them moving forward. And I don't think they're very deep. So as we get into the season, if they suffer a number of injuries or a rash of injuries, that could be a team that kind of falls by the wayside rather quick. The Colts are the, like that. That's the most disappointing. Like that's the one that I don't get it. I mean, obviously Jonathan Taylor being out hurts. You see them beat a team like Kansas City Chiefs, and you're like, what the hell was that? They accidentally won, kind of. I mean, right. Like, like how does that happen? And and people can go back and go, oh, okay, well. Whatever Chris Jones said to Matt Ryan, was that deserved of extending a drive that ultimately helped them win the game? I don't know. I wasn't out there to hear it. Uh, I know they're trying to enforce that more and more, and it is what it is. But the reality is they did get that one win, and it, it always makes you scratch your head when you go, how, how that happened? They've, they've looked so bad. They got shut out by the Jaguars, dude. Not only shut out by the Jaguars, but even like Washington versus Tennessee, I just feel like they were like helpless at times. And I know that game was ended up being a one-score game in the end, but it didn't, it didn't feel that way watching it. it um, do they do they look a lot like? And I mean, I'm not I'm not blaming this on Matt Ryan, but they look they look a lot like the 2021 Falcons. Yeah, I was gonna say. And the weird thing is, is like the offensive line for the Colts is supposed to be a strength. They have not played well. I mean, that's, that's all parties involved too. Even some of the guys who are like all pros. So that's that's a concerning thing. But to you're, your not, point, not to, you're not going to name any names. No, but I mean, Pete will. He does out of, his, out, of, out, of out of Irish Irish pride, pure Irish pride. Well, I mean, look, the, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Quinn Nelson got beat on one last week, but he didn't go. Actually, these guys get beat from time to time. You know, sometimes they're playing banged up too. Only those guys know what they're battling through. But to your point, like look at the Falcons right now. That often offense looks miles ahead of where it was last year, and then you're looking at the Colts going, oh, like this does not look like an upgrade from Carson Wentz. I mean it. They were playing on a better clip last year with Wentz, so I'm sure Jim Irsay somewhere is upset, leaning up against a tree, filming a music video. But <laughs> the, re- the reality is, this has not worked out. They tried to cast all their blame on Carson Wentz and not getting vaxxed, and now we look at Matt Ryan walking at the door and it's like, no, this is not working out either. Hey, do you think there's a chance that somebody asked you this? I can't remember if it was on radio or we were talking about it on the podcast, but is there a chance that Jim Irsay? It's like put, puts this blame on Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and Kansas both. I think there is. Well, look, with some of these owners, I think it's always on the table. He's one of them. You know, I think <laughs> given some of his past discretions, <laughs> transgressions, I mean, you know, you never know where you're going to find someone's trunk. But like the reality is, <laughs> the reality is, yeah, it's probably on the table. I mean, th- this is, it's not what I mean, that got swept under the rug, man. Talk about like, <laughs> yeah. Or bagged up and you know tossed in the trash. <laughs> tossed in the, tossed in the, flushed. I think I flushed under the under the sink. Um, they've gone the veteran quarterback route now for what three years or three times at least, right? Rivers, your guy, to Wentz, to Ryan, and at some point, I think you got to be like, all right, like maybe we need to look back really hard at the draft to find someone somewhere up high to come in and kind of build around because. Um, it just, it hasn't worked and it, look, it, it doesn't help either when you're one of your best defensive players has been hurt a lot this year in Shaq Leonard, um, which also, I mean, he hasn't looked the same ever since the name change. That's true. And, and the injuries, um, they it's didn't have a first round pick this year. Are, are you the type of person though that like, if you would have changed something like that, you'd be like, ah, maybe I should change my name back. You know, oh, if I wasn't playing well, and I was getting hurt, I'd be like, yeah, I've made a mistake. I gotta go back to Darius. You gotta go back to like the courthouse and like officially change my name back. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'd probably just be like, I'd probably just, just call me Darius. I don't, but I don't think he actually. It was it was always Shaq. He didn't. He just he just didn't correct anybody when they started calling him Darius. Gotcha. Well, wait. So this is like kind of similar, like the eight to twenty four of the Kobe. You know, like when Kobe went from eighth and the twenty four. It's like people are like, oh no, it's like Kobe's twenty four now. It's not eight. It's almost like they like view him differently. Like no, that was twenty four Kobe, not eight Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like his real name. He never had to change yeah, it. Never change it. I get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe they look at him differently. Um. No first-round pick this past year because of the Carson Wentz trade. Quiddy Pay, they took it 21 the year before. No first-round pick the year before that because of the uh, uh, DeForest Buckner trade. And no first-round pick the year before that because they traded theirs to um, the Jets, I believe. Am I wrong on that? No, that's not right. I'll be honest with you. Uh, not Don't really carry the way they have not been good this year. So, Yeah, they've not been good. Anyway, um, my larger point was that they 
they've drafted well, but they haven't had the opportunity to draft a quarterback. And that's and they've they've made these trades and it's been fine, but at some point you're going to have to get a quarterback. The roster's built well enough that they could give up almost an entire draft of picks to go find a guy or go get a guy. I just I don't think they've had that draft where they've they've had to do it. Now this would be that time where I'm not talking conspiracy theory here, but all right, if we're projecting the Colts and looking ahead to the 2023 draft, we're gonna have Anthony Richardson out of Florida, who, you know, look, going back and watching his Tennessee tape, that reminded me more of like what he's capable of as a passer. Um, he's you know, he reminds me of a guy who I think has similar upside to what Josh Allen had. Tremendous athlete, probably more explosive than Allen is. Um, also a very live arm. He's got some good fundamentals. The way he flips his feet, makes some throws. Now he's still working on his touch. But Anthony Richardson, to me, right now, oozes with talent, and he's going to attract a lot of attention, regardless of how bad he's looked at times early this season. I think the more he plays, the better he'll get. Will Levis is up there out of Kentucky, even though he's struggled at times. The offensive line hasn't really protected him well. Um, he hasn't had much of a running game, so uh, he's he's had to kind of be a part of that. But he's got a strong arm, athleticism, all the stuff you're looking for. And then you got your CJ Stroud and your, your Bryce Young, who, you know, Stroud's a little bit more undersized, but he'll pick you apart. Accurate as all get out. Um, he's got a strong enough arm. He anticipates timing well. The only thing that I think when you watch his tape, you go, he's not really getting much pressure. You know, how's he? He doesn't like getting hit. The games I see him, where he gets hit early, doesn't quite look the same. And then Bryce Young, who's my favorite, I think he plays the position the best of all of them. He's NFL ready. It's just he's undersized. And I don't know how a team's going to view that, especially considering he's got an AC joint injury right now that he's battling with. So those are the four guys they could potentially go after. And I think all four go in the, in the first round next year. So if this is like the member that suck for luck here, like, yeah, it's necessarily a bad year to suck if you're the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, you know, I mean, that's what I was saying too last year is like if you're if they were gonna be bad with Carson Wentz, I think there's some playing time incentives for Matt Ryan in terms of the draft pick compensation, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be bad, you should sit him and get and keep a better pick so you don't have to give up as good a pick. Like that's what they should have done with with Wentz, they were they could have gone to the playoffs and they went in week eighteen. So like I don't blame them for playing him. But right. um okay, do you wanna hear I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, I'm gonna tell you the most ridiculous news of the day. It is going to make you so mad. We're going to do that next. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. This is an actual headline. You're going to be – I don't know if you've seen this yet or not. The fa This is from TMZ Sports. Oh, gosh. The fan – who was leveled by Bobby Wagner after running on the field during Monday Night Football this week has now filed a police report over the incident. Yes. How mad does that make you? I mean, first off, the guy's trespassing, and he was holding, what, some sort of flare or whatever it was? Pink, like a pink smoke bomb, basically. Smoke, I mean, how do you know he's not putting Bobby Wagner and the rest of the players in danger out there in the field? I would say if you enter that arena, it's on you whatever happens next. Because you're not in a place or an environment that is conducive to you being safe. That is all I will say. I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball. WNBA. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Hockey. I work in broadcasting. I wish there was a fan that ran on the field and came near me. I would absolutely take them down. It is the biggest waste of time. It is the most selfish thing you can do to try to draw attention to yourself instead of the players who've worked for that moment in their entire lives put themselves at physical risk, 
the coaches, everything else behind it, all the people in the crowd who came to watch the game and not you, get out of here with that BS, you clown. I, I hope there's a countersuit or however that would even work. But I, it's the biggest joke, and I'm tired of seeing this crap in sports when people do stuff like this, and then they don't expect to face the consequences. So how, how about everyone wakes up and starts being accountable for their own decisions and stop being jackasses? That, that, would, be, that would be my two cents on it. I don't pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. <laughs> That's Kevin Harlan was actually calling the smoke bomb for for Westwood one too. That 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 the pull up your pants thing is from another person going on the yeah. ran on the field in a bra. Now that's the only thing is like if a dude's like fully naked and there's stuff you know swinging around, I'm, I don't want any part of that. You know, I don't yeah. want no, you're not tackling that, right? right, right. If like a dude like that was running by, full on Anthony Schlegel back when he was the strength coach at Ohio State. Who just hip tossed the dude? I mean, just slam him to the ground. I would love that opportunity to do that. I would. Guy is headed to the slammer, and it will not be a good night. <laughs> That's actually from this game. That's shout out. Nice, nice pull, uh, Billy. Um, I was called you Debo, Billy. Anyway, uh, the uh, the the other thing too is like I'm pretty sure that on the ticket, like there's a whole t- host of terms and conditions like in which you can't. Like, you know, I mean, if something happens in the stadium, that's because from a negligent standpoint, but like if yeah. you go on the field, you are inherently trespassing. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you know, speak of, uh, also speaking of trespassing at like uh, sporting events, uh, you, you're, you're of the, you know, you probably, you like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, of course. Love Rage, right? Yeah. Well, you know that they had to cancel the rest of their North American tour because Zach De La Roca, the lead singer, tore his Achilles when a fan ran on stage, he was trying to knock him off. So this jackass is trespassing. He said he had 8% of his, of his Achilles remaining intact. So he was been doing the show in a chair. I saw him in Raleigh. He was in a chair. It was crazy energy for a guy with a torn Achilles. Um, but like, go back to the selfish part. This guy who just had to run on stage at the Rage concert has now ruined the rest of the tour for everyone else. Like, yeah. you're, not, you're, not, you're, you're not as cool as you think you are when you run on stage. No, it, there's nothing cool about it. Whatever you're protesting, find some other way of grabbing attention. Because the only thing ever, everyone draws attention to now is I have no idea if the guy was protesting or what he was doing. I just know he got his ass laid out by Bobby Wagner. So good for Bobby Wagner. I already love the guy. I didn't think I could love him more. Uh, now I, he's my my favorite linebacker. You know, and, and <laughs> you know like, like literally, I'm like, thank God for Bobby Wagner. I, by the way, I, know, I love how I'm like telling people not to be selfish and draw attention to themselves. Like the day after telling, did I tell you the story about doing the Tiger Walk? At Clemson, yeah, you know what the Tiger Walk is. Yeah, I mean, I thought we what we've I've mentioned before, like other walks on this. No, 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 not not, not that kind of walk. Not that kind of walk. Not not like no, no, not a pledge walk. Uh, Although we did go to frat party. Um, uh, So they did all the players go through you know the the, 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 down the street. Me and my buddies actually walked like we took a turn and like ended up on the street. I'm like, all right, let's just keep walking. It's much faster than walking through the crowd. It's true. And uh, and nobody's stopping us, so I started yelling. I was like, "Go back! Let's go back!" And then like all the fans are booing me on both sides. It was, it was yeah. well, and it, it didn't work out well for you in the end. No, exactly. Right, I got laid out by like Bobby Wagner. All right, um, let's talk some football because I got to. We got to be done at three o'clock, and we got to squeeze some. Probably go a little over. Okay. Um, best two and two team. I'm going to give you a list. Do, all right, buy or sell on these two and two teams, or do you want to talk about two and two teams, or do you want to talk about two uh? I talked about two or two teams, then talked to him. Okay. Buy or sell? Well, we already talked about the Jaguars. You're, you're sort of selling. Oh, I'm buying. No, no, I'm buying them. Okay, you're buying? Yeah. Uh, Jets, we talked about. You're selling. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair sell. Although the next couple of weeks, because I think they go, what, Miami, then New England? My, no, they got Miami, and then I think it's like worse. It's at Denver, at Green Bay. My, at, my, Miami at home, at Green Bay, at Denver. I mean, yeah, that's tough. Like, if you're three and four. It'll be three and two after this week, and then uh, I don't know after that. I mean, they're probably losing at Timber and at, they're losing at Green Bay and probably losing it. And anyway, we're selling. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. We referenced them. Buy or sell the Atlanta Falcons two and two team. I, I'm 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 buying what I see. I don't think it's sustainable. Cordero Patterson's out too now, which hurts because he's been phenomenal for them. Um, but man, they, I mean, give credit to Arthur Smith and that that crew, that team. Like they have done an incredible job. So I, I'm buying what I think they will be in the future. I just I don't know how many I don't know how many more wins they got left in them. Yeah. You know the game two last week where you look, kind of looked at Cleveland and are like, all right, Stefanski kind of mismanaged another game, and maybe that was another one they should have they should have won that they lost. I mean, Cleveland could be 
like undefeated. Maybe four and zero right now, like four and zero. And if not for giving away a game that two hundred and twenty nine, two thousand and like twenty nine other times, I think it's like two thousand two hundred thirty times. Two thousand two hundred thirty times, like other teams found a way to win that game, and yet the Browns didn't. So, um, the. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Falcons, too, like it's weird that they've done this without Kyle Pitts being prominently involved. Um, it, it seems like they, you know, um, with uh, Drake. It, yeah, it feels like, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, like that's looking like a really good pick. I think, look, they're, they're running a little bit of zone read. Like you start mixing in those plays. I'm telling you, it simplifies what defenses can do. I say this all the time. You know, it, I think you go back to like the Chip Kelly days when even he had Nick Foles do it, and you're like, Nick Foles can't run the zone read. Like, yeah, he can. Like, when it's wide open enough and you spread the field the way they were doing, um, it simplifies what you can do. No one's going to play man against you. Because once they play man against you, you miss one. It's, out, it, it's a ton of space. It's it's 10 yards, 20 yards, big plays. So it, it simplifies the defenses you see. You don't see much. It basically post high safety zone. And that's about it. Um, and, and then if you go into, if you're in a must pass situation, and third and long or whatever, different story there. But for the most part, you see just a lot of zone coverage. You can pick teams apart. Okay. Uh, so we selling, but we like what they're doing long-term. Do you think, how, how much of an impact do you think that has like this sort of performance? I mean, I think it matters a ton. Like like ownership, Arthur Blank, he, do you think he's seeing this and thinking, man, like, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you want to re, you want to re, not reinvest, but you don't, you don't find yourself wondering, do I need to reboot again? You start thinking, okay, these guys might have it on the right path. Oh yeah, like I think you give Arthur Smith plenty of time. I mean, first off, you're you're missing one of your best players too in Calvin Ridley. I would think going in this year, and, and it's no disrespect to Marcus Mariota, but I'm sure even they were curious curious to see how this the season's going to go. And it's probably gotten off to as good of a start or maybe a little better start than even they thought. So you know, I'm not sure if this is a scenario where you see them fall off and then they find themselves in a great position to take a Bryce Young who happens to play football there in Tuscaloosa, not too far away. Or any of the other quarterbacks, I you know I threw out earlier, but that that's where I feel like this is kind of setting up for. All right, you mentioned that you like the Titans. It's obvious buy on the Titans, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just Mike Vrabel's a great coach. He really uh, is. He he might be the most underrated coach in football. Yeah, and 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 Tannehill's played so well in the course of the regular season. Like I, I trust that. Like I, you know, people talk about Malik Willis time and all that. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty green. Like I, yeah. once there's an injury, you see him going. He plays really well. I think you have to change the offense a lot. Uh, because of the type of RPOs, the amount of RPOs he ran during his time at Liberty. Uh, I just think it'd be a hard transition for him unless you're really doing a 180 on the offense. Um, I think Mike Vrabel loves Ryan Tannehill. So I've had people try and tell me that he doesn't, and I don't know why they think that. I don't know. I, maybe he feels like – I mean, again, I, I don't get that sense either from watching it, and I don't know how you could. Like, like you get the sense that he really likes him, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been as consistent as can be. He's played yeah. tough. You know, he takes off and runs and, and you know does things like that. You know, I know they haven't been able to get it done in the playoffs, and maybe there's some frustration there, but that's not all on Tannehill either. I mean, they were in the AFC, AFC Championship game last year. Yeah. Right? Or two years ago. Two years ago. And yeah. then, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. The Chiefs and Bengals last year. Sorry. I got confused. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was a weird claim to have people be like, oh, I don't know. I don't think Vrabel likes Tannehill. It's like, no, Vrabel loves Tannehill. Yeah. He's like, he's hard nosed. He's quiet. He works his ass off. He's a good leader. Like, yeah, he loves him. Okay. Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, and your boy Cliff Kingsbury buying and selling them at two and two. They're a tough one. I mean, dude, I'm buying them right now because they're finding ways to win games they probably shouldn't, and they don't have arguably their best player out there in DeAndre Hopkins. So you're you're a quarter in the season, a little less with 17 games, and you're two and two, and you got to feel like the Rams don't look like they're running away with it right now. Nope. Seattle looks more competitive than we thought. I actually think there's better upside now in the 49ers that with the most recent win, they are the favorite to win that division. But, you know, I, I think I'm a little more, I'm buying them. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm excited to see what they will be when Hopkins get in there and he can help out. Rondale Moore has missed a little bit of time too. AJ, you know, they obviously lost AJ Green this season, but like JJ Watt, like that whole situation going on there, that's terrifying, you know, and we're going like, what's that the rest of the season? But I, I'm buying where they're at. They found ways of, Winning games and Kyler Murray, dude, it's tough to close out. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't include the Rams on our list of two and two teams because I was going to ask about the offensive line. What um, what do the Rams do here? Because they, they've lost games of the 49ers and the Bills. You know, it, so it is maybe like it is, I think, take a little bit, like take everybody take a breath. Let's not panic. Those are two good right. teams. But 
Yeah, I, I think they'll get it together. I mean, I think Matt Stafford's been a little bit out of sync. Obviously, he leads the league in interceptions. He's turned the football over too much. That's you know, no crap comment. But the offensive line's you know been banged up. That's been an issue. The protection hasn't been as good. The problem is once you get into the season, that's not changing. So right. you kind of have to go about it like one of three ways. Either you as the player and the coordinator have to start to really adapt your scheme and run more seven-man protections and try to get the ball out of his hand quick if you're going to run five-man protections. You got to start hammering away running the football, provide more balance. You, you realize Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Um, or you basically just say, all right, like we're going to have to live with this. And we're just going to have to like, like there's going to be certain weeks where, you know, we, we're going to have to maybe, you know, say like, hey, Matt, you got to tough up, toughen up. I, I'd eat an extra pork chop there at dinner and beef up because it could be a long season and uh, we're going to have to deal with this the rest of the year. Oh, thank God I have this extra pork chop. <laughs> Just go get an extra pork chop, all right? Good news, so, good news, uh, they, get, they get Micah Parsons and the uh, and the Dallas Cowboys this week. The Panthers are actually pretty good against the pretty good at rushing the passer the week after, and then the 49ers and the Buccaneers. Load up on some uh, little apple chutney for uh, those pork chops, all right? Get us some extra pork chops. We're gonna need an extra <laughs> load of pork chutney. chops. Yeah. Um, the other one, the Denver Broncos. Buy or sell Denver Broncos at two and two. Uh, I'm buying them in part because I just they're too talented not to start to play better. I mean, they have been incredibly mismanaged and they found themselves at two and two. So I just like and, and obviously the Javante Williams injury hurts them, but they do have Gordon. I, like I love Latavius Murray too in that offense. Like I, I know they just signed him and we'll see where things go, but I'm high on them. I think Russ is getting a better feel for the guys he's throwing to. Um, Garrett Bowles is just giving all out effort, you know, on, on fumble returns for touchdowns, you know, which <laughs> I mean, he's gonna get fined for that in the O-line room. There's no doubt. I mean, his wife dragged him on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I just, your wife is making fun of your, like, do you think we'll get fined for like, like jokingly leaping? I, well, you get fined because the way a, he dove and then he kind of all of a sudden was like, Oh, I'm not going to make it. Now I'm going to like half ass it. Like you can't. Like that's I don't know what fine they'll call it, but he'll get fined for that. Trust me. Really? There's a fine in the O line room. They find those guys for everything. That's one where it's going to be like, dude. First off, what was the point of you chasing him down? You weren't going to catch him. Good effort, but then it was a little bit too much there with the dive. A little, the little, little, little bit like like when the, like when the keeper dives out to like stop a little dribbler. Like it's like you don't need to. There was there was like I remember I was in Denver. There was a, a fine back then where there was a self suck. And that was any time you like gave yourself credit for something like, like <laughs> that was, that was like, oh, suck. yeah. Like, you, you know, you're, you're, you're giving yourself a little oh, bit. No, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. We get it. We get it. <laughs> and then there was uh then there was a few where like you, I guess, set yourself apart from the rest of the, of, of the O-line. Like that would be an instance where again, good effort, good thought, but um, that's one where he's, he's going to get a lot of flack for the, you made, it, you made it about you. Yeah, with the dive. I think had he just tried to run and hey, all right, I'm not making it, you know. Or even like slid or like or like or like pulled up and just fly. yeah, pulled up would have been great. Like that would have been the best case scenario. Pulling up's always good. Um the uh how long should the Cowboys play Cooper Rush? I think they're gonna play him until he plays poorly. Like that's my anticipation of this. Like I think they're gonna milk this whole Cooper Rush and let's uh ride the hot hand type thing. Jones does love attention. Well, I think it's that. I think it's also if he plays poorly, right? They lose a game. Dak is all of a sudden ready to go, and when he gets in there, if he's not playing great, it's a little more understandable. When people aren't like, "Oh, put Cooper Rush back in," right? If he plays, if, if he's playing great, they're winning, and then it's like, "All right, Dak's ready to go," and he goes in and struggles. People are gonna be like, "Wow, oh, get him out of there. He's not ready yet." Or you know, let's put the Cooper Cooper Rush guy back in. So I think he's gonna play that that hot hand scenario and use the the injury and the surgery and the recovery to be the excuse and, and they're just gonna wait until cooper rush fails personally okay and I, th- I think that's i think that's what they should do honestly yeah. like, like, like play cooper rush until you lose and you lose because of him you know by the way do you think um we get the same you predicted this correctly and i i i i, I, I pump i i you know what? I was about to make a self-suck joke and then but it was gonna backfire badly in my face um but the I, I hyped you up every time I would do a radio hit or like do it, you know, do any kind of, you know, people would ask me like, why would Russ look so bad? I'm like, you go listen to pick six podcast. Brady Quinn explained it. Yeah. That hand injury, you're just not going to come back and be effective that quickly. Uh, do you think Dak is at the, what's his range where you think he'll, and I, I think it'll probably be a problem for him for most of the year, honestly, but like, yeah, I mean, it, you're, you're gonna, it's gonna, 
it's going to change the way you're you're gripping the football to a degree, whether you're cognizant of it or not. I, I wonder how much will go under center, and that's not like that big of an issue until you're getting short yardage and you need to be under center, or your run, running attack is limited because you're going to have to run pistol. Like you'd like a quarterback to be under center with the running game because at least in between the tackles, those guys can get downhill faster, and it, it's better for them to be able to see kind of the hole in the vision of all of it. When you're standing right next to a quarterback and shotgun, it's it's harder then to kind of get that full head of steam and then see some of the cuts and have that vision. And then you can go in the pistol, but you don't see that very often in the NFL and just because it's usually a longer developing play. So I think it could hurt the running game if he comes back and he can't go under center because uh, that right hand, right, that throwing hand is going to be the top. And I, I'm telling you, man, the way those balls will hit your hand sometimes, you could jack up your thumb or it might be cumbersome for him. So if you just shotgun, that hurts. I just think the way his, he's going to be able to grip and control the ball, and especially when you think later in the season, when you start getting to some of those cold weather games in Philly, New York, or you know, however that works out, you know, I know this. Like I've got you know stuff in my foot, right? I got metal in my foot. It feels awful in cold weather. Like it's hard oh, yeah. to the thing because you you've lost feeling after surgery. You're not. It's not going to feel the same. I would imagine his thumb feels different. I had pins put in this right index finger. It feels different when it gets cold. You can't really feel the ball quite as much come off of it. So all those things are going to play a factor. I think it's going to take a few weeks, even when he gets back in there, because you, you can't replicate in your preparation and your rehab the intensity of what a game really calls for. So until you get into that game, then you start to get a sense of how to adapt to all of it, and and we'll see how he adapts to it. Sorry, I was, I was like trying not to giggle, because as soon as you said when the balls hit your hand, um, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I was like, first of all, I got kind of like started to giggle, but then like immediately in the chat, in the YouTube chat, the adult dating, uh, bot, the adult dating site bot came flying in. It was like, they, it was like, maybe they listen. I wonder if that's how they do it. Is it like a, is it like a, um, I don't know. Algorithm based on like the sound. I always assumed it was just like, if a video is popular, maybe, maybe that's why they're always in our chat is because we're constantly making adult. Probably. Probably more jokes. Yes, I would imagine they, they listen. They're listening to the phones. They're listening to everything else at this point. So all listening. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Don't bother. Um, okay, we're gonna play one read between the lines, and we'll get out of here because I think this is funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. Cheeto played some spectacular football. Coach Pete Carroll said via the team's official website, "Spectacular football, not just the throwing and the catching." The command of the game and running the whole show. He did an incredible job, and he ran the ball, too, for 50 yards or something. Fantastic day. I don't know how you could do a whole lot more, play a whole lot better than that. Dude, Gino's been balling. I, I, you got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, he's, uh, He set the record, right, for completion percentage of the first four games yep. in NFL history. Like, kudos to him and maybe even Pete Carroll, who, like, this to me is a self-suck. Like, that's what that is. Exactly. He's giving himself credit for patting himself on the back, moving on from Russ, that whole situation, and going with a guy no one else believed in, but he did. And so far, they're right in the thick of things in the NFC West. So kudos to Pete Carroll. Um, that was a quote that I know he's trying to flatter Geno Smith. No, no, no. See, but it really is self-suck. Like, that was really what it was. Reading like, between the lines, he's like, yeah. I, to me, it's just like, F you, Russ. Oh, look at you. You suck. And I self-suck. That's right, Russ. Uh, he definitely is like hyping himself up, hyping Gino up. But I think it is like these, like these comments. Anytime he's hyping up Gino, there's some like direct like, oh, in yeah. his head. He's thinking about Russell. Like he's Did he ever call Russell spectacular at any point in time. No, he didn't even shake his hand at halftime before the game. Well, I'm not saying this season. I'm saying like while he was a Seahawk. Like I don't recall that. No, he would talk to him and like he'd be like, you know, this guy just tries hard. Great yeah. effort. Yeah, he never say spectacular. Yeah, spectacular is like all right. Uh, certainly not spectacular twice. Um, okay, that'll do it. It's a good show. Hey, remember, five star review, legitimate charity. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot it was like forty minutes ago. You will, you're giving away money every time the Jets win. Every time the Jets win, so not at, over the two wins they've already got. You gotta gotta make sure you explain things to these Jets fans. They don't listen well. So every every win now moving forward, thousand dollars at that following week. And we'll give it to a charity through our, our, our five-star reviews, right? And you can handle all that stuff. So if you have a charity you're passionate about, go to Apple Podcast. Yeah. A real a real charity. Yeah, not like at, not your Venmo. A real charity. Um, go, to, go to Apple Podcast. Leave a five-star review. Name the charity. And we will, if when the Jets win, yeah. Brady Quinn will donate 
$1,000 to that. We will pick a charity for that Brady Quinn will donate to. Every time. And by the way, so, so you know, Robert Sala is keeping the receipts. Well, we will keep the receipts too. We'll make sure to post that. Not with my, my credit card number on it, but we'll make sure to post that. Uh, that's right. Uh, Victor Garcia in the chat says, please, Jets, go 15 and 2. <laughs> that would be it would be amusing. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's right. But it is uh, that is unlikely. And um, fortunately for Brady, he can, he can, I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't love. How many, more, how many more wins do you think they get this season? Uh, so, so how about this? Like Jets fans, for some reason, take out all their, their hatred on me, and which I was there for like half a season. And I, I like, you know, enjoyed the experience there. It was nice. Love Florham Park. Great facility. Um, the crazy thing was, uh, when I came out and saw the line that they're not favored at home this week versus Miami, I was astonished. I was like, all right, I'm taking the three points. We have to do our picks today with Pete. I'll, I'll take I'll take the three. But how about this? You know what their win total hasn't changed? It just it stayed the same. Even after a two and two start, their win total for the year stayed the same. Now I think that was according to DraftKings. Yeah, five and a half. They, they, they updated them. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's a slap in the face. <laughs> like, like you're yeah. at two and two, and they don't believe that you can sustain this moving forward. So you can hate me all you want. I'm trying to just donate to charity now. But why don't you guys be upset with some of the bookmakers out there and go lay out some bets and make some of your own money off this if you think they're going to win that much? Uh, by the way, one more quick thing that we'll get out of here. Um, a, a fascinating update that only you will care about. Yes. My son, Robbie, eight yep. years old, he likes to get, he likes to take the phone of whoever picks him up from school and text. He likes to text gifts, right? But you know what else he started doing? Voice notes. Voice notes. Yes. He sent me like 50 voices. I got a voice note right here from him. It's like three seconds long. I, I'm not going to hit play because I'm scared. It's like something, you know. Dad, F you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or he's probably like, you sussy baka. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to go listen to that voice note. You're going to go. I, I, I forget. I, I, I lived you a voice note earlier. I, know, I, just, I, I started to send one back and then I, I was like making lunch. And I it's like a walkie talkie. They're fun, man. Come on. Do you remember those old Nextel? Uh, the yeah. Old yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of like them. Yeah. Now you got them with voice notes. See? Yeah, all right, all right. I'll, I'll see you voice back afterwards. Thank you. Um, all right, Brady. Thanks as always. Good chat. Talk to you soon, buddy. We'll see you. All right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.